How are we all? Good morning, everyone. It's Friday. Happy Friday. Good morning, Friday. Lynn Sheard, Faith Goodwin, April Hill, Karen Oliver, Margaret O'Brien, Nix, Juby, Lynn Sheard, I've said you, Siobhan Jordan, Danielle. I haven't done a little readout in a while, have I? Um, I look like I'm dressed to go into bat for Australia. Didn't they used to have the sort of red cap back in the day? BBC Quiz of the Week, absolutely. Quiz of the Week coming up at the end. I've had a look through the questions. Not absolutely diabolical this week. Uh, in fact, I'd almost go so far as to say quite good. Um, Paul O'Brien, good morning. How are you all? Thank you for all of your incredibly kind, lovely messages yesterday. Thank you very much. Um, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very, very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. If you're listening on podcast, apologies. Um, <laughs> listen to something else. Nice chunky jumper mark. Thank you, Russ. It's a sunny, sunny day. We, I was out this, very early this morning. It was absolutely, <coughs> excuse me, just out of nut. One second. A nut that's had a nut. Um, it was incredibly cold this morning. Um, um, uh, but it seems to be getting warmer. Um, good morning, Ellery Jones. Um, so, uh, review me and Nadia are reviewing today um, uh, All of Us Strangers, the new um, Andrew Scott, Paul Mescal film. Can I just ask, Fridays, what I love about Fridays towards the end of the week, it's when new content generally lands, isn't it? It's when films land, not always series, it's sometimes Wednesdays, but there's always new content. I like that, I like that. It's a sort of cultural fix, isn't it? It's like a jab in the arm. Um, but does anyone here a Paul Mescal fan? Are you, I mean, the women in this household go weak at the knees if I just say the word Mescal. Isn't that an alcoholic drink? Is it Mescal? Mescal, I think it is. Um, morning, Judith Huey. Morning, love you, love to you. Nanny Di, uh, you, yes, had a lovely day. In fact, me and Nanny Di chuckled our way through yesterday, didn't we, Mum? Didn't we, Ma? We had a right old laugh. We had a right, right old giggle. Um, you know, uh, 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 we filmed bits of it, you know, usual chunks of, you know, kind of soppy banter coupled with fuck off, you idiots, all over the place. It was wonderful. Um, the last Green Fingered Hell content of last year will be landing in the next, well, over the weekend. Um, and then, of course, it's into Green Fingered Hell 2024. Lots of you very panic-stricken about us changing the name home time. I'm not going to let Nadia do it. Uh, it will stay there in some capacity, but we might just add another little word in there. So thank you for your your feedback. Um, we don't know the results yet of Nanny Dye's stuff, but what I do know, Mum, is that you need to read the small print of your letters in a little bit more detail. Does anyone else here have an older, let's be kind, older, not old, I don't like saying old, it's all relative, an older member of their family who draws enormous um, sort of significance from, I don't know, a letter or a piece of information, but they haven't fully read it. Mum! Come on now, eh? I've got good feelings that it's not going to be as serious as, we, as we've been worrying about, Ma. Anyway, she had a good old roll around on an MRI scanner. Noisy things, aren't they? So anyway, lots of love for you, Mum, in the room. Me too. We all have one of those family members, not always older either. <laughs> Laugh out loud. Uh, do go and check out the comments underneath yesterday's live. I thought yours was particularly, there's so many of them were spot on. Thank you so much. Uh, I caught yours, YouTube. I think I caught it this morning. Uh, and it was much, not really appreciated because you were particularly, you know, saying well done to us. You were kind of just explaining it. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about the whole Israel-Gaza crisis. Now, <clears throat> on that note, 
The big news today is obviously at, I think, 12 o'clock UK time, one o'clock European time, um, <clears throat> um, the International Court of Justice are going to be releasing their findings on the, um, you know, the alleged genocidal actions of Israel against uh, Palestine against Gaza, which South Africa have brought to the court. Nothing they conclude will be binding, but uh, they can make a recommendation and they can request that if, if they feel that genocidal intent is baked into any of the actions of Israel in their, in their war, then they can request a ceasefire and that Israel stop their military actions. Now, of course, as we know, that doesn't mean diddly-doo-doo. Not to Israel, they'll just carry on doing whatever they want. Well, not even Israel, I say Israel, it's terrible. Not to Netanyahu, he'll carry on doing whatever he wants. But it does put Israel and supporters of the current action, I think it's a really important thing to say, supporters of the current aggression and violence and action, it does put them in a curious spot of bother when it comes to the rather, and I'm, I'm not saying this for everyone, but often, um, rather, and I'm certainly not actually saying it for anyone who's been on here and has been very much not supportive, but trying to express things from the Israeli perspective. But there are a lot of people on social media and a lot of people in the public eye who are particularly supercilious about all of this. And I, I'm kind of, you know, curious to see whether that superciliousness uh, is in any way dented <coughs> by whatever. And let, look, let's not beat around the bush. The International Court of Justice might not find that Israel have been in breach of, you know, the conventions that state these are genocidal actions. Um, it will be interesting either way to see, whatever their conclusions are, which way this floats. It will also be interesting if they do decide that Israel has been guilty of genocidal actions, to see how the Western governments, I'm thinking specifically of Rishi, Keir and um, Biden, how they're going to wriggle around that one. It's just, I mean, I mean, the bigger, you know, many regards, I don't think the Middle Eastern crisis is ever going to lead to World War Three, but I do think it's, it's going to lead to, an, well, it's already led to a furthering of the total breakdown of consistency in the application of international law. And if there is no consistency, um, then there, that spells all sorts of doom and disaster further down the way. So, and thank you also to everyone on the live um addiction alcoholic chat last night. Julie, you didn't trigger anyone at all. I think you're talking about, about that. So anyway, so this story, our first story, we've got some serious stories, and then we're going to end with the quiz, of course. Um, I just wanted to talk about this, the Nottingham killer, the, um, the just the awful, awful, um, you know, story um, of, what's his name? Calacane? Uh, what's his name? Um, Valdo Calacane, triple killer who um, was, you know, sentenced yesterday. Uh, he stabbed to death Barnaby Webber, Grace O'Malley Kumar, and I believe, did he drive, I oh, know he also stabbed Ian Coates and tried to kill three others with a van. Um, I, I have been, you know, I've seen this story obviously in the press. Um, and you, when you see the footage, I, I, I've not, I don't know if the footage was only released yesterday, but the footage of the two students as they're walking and then, the kind of blurred footage as, as he then goes on his schizophrenic, as he claims he was told to do it in his head, um, rampage. It just speaks to so many fears and worries, doesn't it? It's just like, 
Oh my God. Yeah, on the, like Nadja said last night whilst we were watching it on the news, she said, you know, on the one hand, you, you want to leap to, yeah, mental health services, you know, this is just yet yeah, more proof that there's not enough people or there's no, no system to look after this and prevent it from happening. And then, of course, there's the other point which, which she made straight afterwards, which is, however good a system you've got, you're always going to have the one or two cases that punch through, unfortunately, and something catastrophic like this happens. Absolutely, Faith Goodman. And the verdict, attempted murder. And wasn't it manslaughter because of his diminished responsibilities and diminished mental state? So, of course, the victims of his, uh, you know, rampage, rampage, um, you know, the victims of his rampage are like, hang on a minute. You know, yes, he might be kept in for life until he's considered not a threat. He's going to be kept at an institution until he's no longer considered uh, a threat but is anyone can you really say that anyone once they've done this is not gonna be a threat and Sandy thank you you've honed in on a, a huge distinction that I think is really tricky to define uh, there's mental health and then there's psychopathic so at what, at what point and where should there be any acknowledgement or compassion for what's what his mental state is should there be or can there be any? And, you know, I'm sure many mental health um, experts would stress and, you know, obviously mental health is massively important to us. I mean, I've often said that when you can have all the compassion in the world for someone's mental health condition, and that, and that compassion can reach all the way... Sorry, I've got nuts in my mouth. And that compassion can reach all the way through to, you know, them doing potentially, you know, awful things to themselves. But as soon as... As soon as that behaviour hits, hurts, damages or kills someone else, the crime has to proceed and, if you, if you like, supersede and eclipse whatever the mental health condition is. Um, uh, me too. I think he has a history of mental illness. I understand the victim's uh, relations point of view, but this wasn't a premeditated murder with a motive. No, but, well... OK, so maybe the target of this needs to be somewhere else, because, of course, the rumour or the chat or the inference in interview is that his behaviour had been reported already. And so then you get back into this slippery slope of how much did the police know? Uh, at what point do you take further, further action? Faith Goodman, why did he go out with a knife? Good point. Morning, Natasha. I hope you are. Morning to you and Christos. Um, right, thank you. Adele Kelly, you're mixing up psychotic with psychopathic. I've had psychosis and was violent. I've never done that ever before. I take my medicine now and I'm no risk. Interesting, Adele. Okay, of course. So psychotic and psychopathic are two totally different things. At what point does the definition of psychopathic get put onto potentially damaging psychotic episode and behaviour um, because of the consequences, you know, is this psychopathic because he's killed so many people? If he's if he's hallucinated, and the voice has told him to do this, um, the terrible truth and terrible tragedy of this is, in terms of even his mental health, is no one has any way of getting in there to know fully whether a voice did tell him to say that. Do you see what I mean? I'm not suggesting for a minute that there's a sort of pre... You can, you can in any way, in any mental health condition, go... Because you can't. I mean, I've had dark, 
dark, dark, dark, dark low times with uh, bipolar, um, and where the, the only damage that was possible would, would have been damage to myself. Um, but, you know, I'm in no fit state to be the judge of what I'm feeling or why I'm feeling it when you're in that place. Of course, the consequences of that mental health condition are that it's not potentially going to hurt anyone else, but you could end up hurting yourself. And so, Muktadir Ali, you're, you're bipolar too. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, and there's a bipolar manic episode. I mean, I'm bipolar too. Um, but, you know, a, bi a bipolar manic episode can have all of the uh, appearances or the kind of uh, behavioural tics of a potentially psychopathic. It, is, something, is something psychopathic in the eye of the beholder, in a sense? Russ Elch, I don't believe someone with paranoid schizophrenia should be able to walk the streets without supervision if it's going to put others at risk. Interesting. And I heard someone on the radio yesterday talking about from, I think, the schizophrenic sort of uh, charitable society or something. Um, and they were saying, but the thing about this is, is that only one in five people with schizophrenia in any way harm others. And I think as a statistic, you know, do you, with a condition like schizophrenia, do you have to sort of use a mallet to crack a nut? Do you have to say, well, okay, it might only be one in five, but given the condition, we have to take, uh, you know, no one with it or no one diagnosed with it can, can be unsupervised. Uh, Ellie Denning, the girl's father and son to watch was heartbreaking, makes me want to wrap my son up in cotton wool to fear sending him to school, college, uni. It shouldn't be like this. Well, this, this is the other thing. This is the other thing. Just bear with me. As you rightly say, I think what struck one watching the footage of the first killing of the two young students is they could have been anyone any of us know. They could just be, you know, they're incredibly relatable in their ordinariness. And we see images of young adults all over the place walking around like that. And of course you do, anyone with young adults or children or anyone going, I mean, they weren't all young adults that died. But um, you think, oh my God, it's, it's how much of a lottery. So that really, in a sense, the only thing you can do, I think, is reduce the extent to which it's a lottery which then means you take a step further back and you think to yourself, okay, well then this has to be about, do we have a more blanket treatment of schizophrenia? If you have any track record, and I believe there was track record of him, of him committing more minor assaults, do you have to, in some way, you know, I mean, you know, the thing is, if there are all these records, why, it's not about the end result causing a, a crime. It's like, what about all the cause and effects? What about all the moments before? You know, like we've talked to you about someone who was, you know, kept exposing themselves. How do you know that in six years' time? Look at the Wayne Cousins case, you know, ex, you know, flashing, indecent exposure, and then eventually something much more serious happens. Um, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. So there's the perspective of as a parent, you're thinking, oh, my God, well, not just as a parent, but as yourself. It's like, at what point could anything... So there's that. But then there's also what other things are happening in society that are increasing the possibility of... Paranoid schizophrenia. And this brings me back to the my frustration when people say that, you know, spliff is such a benign thing. Spliff back in the 70s might have been a benign thing. I, mean, I, I beg to differ, but, you know, it always made, always made me say, we've all done it. Well, I'm not saying, we, I'm saying we've all done it. I'm sure most of you possibly haven't done it. Forgive me for kind of assuming you have. But you've got to then look at things like, well, the strength 
of street level spliff is so strong. And then you, so what, did, what are you then drawn to? The drug wars or the controlling drugs. And then it just becomes another insurmountable hurdle. And then you've got lots of kind of, you know, I don't know, I'm going to be a bit, you, then you've got loads of kind of Shoreditch, uh, no, nothing against Shoreditch, I know people who live in Shoreditch, but I'm just reaching for it rather than Islington. Then you've got a load of Shoreditch wankers, all kind of going, oh, well, let's, have a, let's have a kind of free spliff cafe. Well, that's all well and good if you're cradled and held within a private trust fund medical insurance policy that if your brain goes pop, daddy can look after you. But, you know, you know, what if you don't? Just to say, breaking news, the king has been admitted to a hospital for his procedure. Um, so that's that's live. We could be hearing news about the king today and his prostate. Um, uh, Keely Wendell, I had a joint. I tried to off myself really sick with it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Adele Kelly, dope gives me psychosis. I never smoke it. Well, there you go. You see, you know. Edward Bevington, 30 years plus cannabis user here, never hurt anyone, I'm a peace guy. That is great for you. That is great for you and that's brilliant. It's like lots of people can drink, then it not be a problem. But I think, again, you know, so I'm not talking about, oh, it's just bad. I'm, I'm talking about, well, if you, you can't solve the drug crisis, but can we solve the strength of the cannabis that's being sold? Possibly, and maybe the only way to do that is a really strident form of legalisation of some form. I'm not saying that's what caused this guy to become a, you know, schiz go on a schizophrenic attack. But anyway, so the Crown Prosecution Service, uh, the Attorney General rather, is, is looking into whether they can um, make his sentencing more severe and, and prosecute him for murder rather than manslaughter. And the relatives and family are saying that they felt put under pressure to accept a lower sentence or a lower crime, in a sense, uh, which is just which is just tragically, tragically sad, whole thing. Just awful. Um, this is a curious fact. I just wanted to share this with you. Uh, this is, the Crown Prosecution Survey has done a survey of 3,000 adults. This, I just found this so frightening. And this is around the topic of what constitutes consent or rape. And again, this speaks to things that are really important. If you know teenagers, young adults, kids, uh, you know, that need clarification and you sort of think, oh, but wow. So, Look at, listen to this statistic. So this is over 3,000 adults took part in a survey for the Crown Prosecution Service. They were aged between 18 to 24 years of age. So not 16, not 15, not 14, 18 to 24. Um, so only 53%, only half, so I say half of young adults recognise that it could still be rape if the victim did not fight back. Only half. So the idea being that and only if you fight back could it be considered rape or sexual assault. Um, a similar number, so over half of this 3,000, thought that a man could only be guilty of rape, uh, could, sorry, that a man could not be guilty of rape if he had been drinking or taking drugs. I found this quite shocking, this, this survey. Only a quarter of these 18 to 24 year olds understood that if a person said online, and that means by text or you know, on social media or whatever, you're, you're flirting by that, or on dating apps or whatever, that they wanted to meet up and have sex, that they didn't have to go through it. But get this statistic, over half of the wider population outside of 18 to 24 
didn't understand that you didn't have to go through with it, even if you'd agreed to it. Does this speak to anyone else's experience here about ideas of consent and where that line is? Um, misconceptions. Misconceptions. Um, and there was another one somewhere else. What was this? Yeah. It's important to understand that consent can be enacted or needs to be enacted or, you know, non-consensual sex. You can, you can not consent to sex right up to the very nanosecond prior to it happening. So it's just interesting how... How wor it is worrying, isn't it, Helena Beats? I, th I think this is worrying, very worrying, Joanne, Joanne Avison. Consent can be withdrawn at any time. It's not a one-time thing, absolutely. And I was talking to some young adults about this, and they were saying that, yes, there is very much the idea amongst young women that if you've agreed to some kind of sexual, you know, I don't know, liaison or activity, um online or socially or you've said it that you kind of have to go through it or you feel you have to go through with it sandy blah 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 what a load of shit oh, i was curious why'd you say that very worrying for all also you can actually say stop during the act absolutely sandy give us a bit more detail on why you think it's a load of old poo i, I presume you're talking about the story there might be a time delay I, th I think that's very concerning. I think it's very worrying because, again, it suggests that there's a real lack of understanding or comprehension uh, around, you know, the, the, the point at which and the extent to which, um, you know, if however much you say you might be up for it or want to do it, you might be drunk, da 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 da, there is no is no is no. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible. Um, Aaron Dunn, this happened to me. I'm 20 and something happened with my ex-boyfriend a few months ago. I said no, but he said it was my fault because I didn't hit him enough or got him off me, but I just froze. Oh, I see. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. God, I'm so sorry. Rosie C, we have such a long way to go on the issue of consent. We need to educate or re-educate people on what consent means, not just in sex, but in general. Absolutely. I agree. Adele Kelly, I'm shocked. How awful sad that so many people don't understand consent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sandy, do clarify if you're, you're talking about this story. Seems, seems sort of curiously out of step with everyone else. Um, only two thirds understood that a rape victim did not always immediately report the offence. Um, uh, 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 there's one other statistic here that I wanted... So yeah, 49%, here we go. So there's widespread confusion around the legal definition of the crime. 49% of all, so over 1,500, over, well, around half of the 18 to 24 year olds admitted they did not understand what the issue of consent means. Wow. So guys, have a good old chat with your kids. Have a good old chat with your teens. Make sure that they are, you know, more equipped, more educated, more understanding um, of, of what consent means or can mean. And consent can be removed at the last minute. No amount of saying I'm going on a date or doing this. You know, again, it's the whole thing of being bored to drink. Don't ever fall into that trap if you're a young woman or a young, a young man. You know, bored to drink by someone doesn't, the expectation, it doesn't, it doesn't equate to a contractual agreement. There is no contractual commitment 
Of course, it's never that simple because the worry is it might be someone that you've been flirting with for so long. You feel, how's this going to affect my friendship group? I think one of the things that people rarely talk about with these issues is there's a lot of, not peer pressure to have sex, but say there's you and someone else in a group and you all have kind of a shared sort of social circles and it's clear in the group, we're all kind of enjoying the fact that you're attracted to each other. It's a bit kind of, oh, wow, it's so cute and all this kind of stuff. And then it moves and then it moves. And then you decide to say no, and you want to say no because you don't want to do it too late in the day or late in the day. There is no too late in the day, but late in the day. Your worry isn't, what's going through many youngsters' heads, young women's heads, isn't just the person, sadly, that they're having sex with, but it's going to be the implications for their entire social circle. I don't think that gets talked about enough. Um, I can see Sandy isn't, isn't, isn't coming back on that, so... Sorry, just the only reason I'm homing in on that, Sandy, it just it just sort of smacked as a little bit insensitive in amongst everything we were talking about. But I'm sure it, I'm sure you probably meant something else. So no worries at all. Um, so yeah, half of young people believe rape is only a crime in law if victims fight back. Wow, lots of dark stories today, and also in in Alabama. Has anyone? What's your take, everyone, on the death penalty? In America, I mean, I'm pretty pretty certain in this country that um, you know we we well maybe you do believe in it. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people do believe in it. You know, if someone does something awfully wrong, should they be sentenced to death? Does anyone here believe in the capital punishment? Ugh. Death penalty equals barbaric. Yeah, I think my take on this is. It's very hard to sign up to something where you're trying to prove that you, the state and you as the, you know, the legal entity, the moral entity, are trying to say, we are above this awful behaviour. It seems strange, I agree, to then partake in the same behaviour of, of killing someone. You know, I mean, it's the idea of whether you can morally... Whether, you, you, whether you're challenging any morals or ethics in killing someone if they've done something so spectacularly evil and wrong. So this is the story in Alabama of a chap called Kenneth Smith, um, who's the first person to have been uh, executed using nitrogen gas. Uh, and the backstory to this is awful insofar as I'm not talking about, again, this is not about whether he deserved it in some people's eyes or whether he, you know, what he did was not serious. Uh, he was in there for murder. Um, but they tried to, they tried to execute him before and it took them four minutes, I believe, trying to find a vein to inject him with the, um, with the previous drug, you know, with, with, with the drug that kind of just, you know, kills you. They couldn't find a vein. Deeply distressing, I'd have thought. Now, of course, people are going to argue, who cares? He wasn't thinking about the distress caused to the person that he murdered. Um, but this is a new, this is new. This is a new uh, sort of way of doing it. And I was curious reading into this. One of the reasons they've had to find a new way to essentially kill people is because so many of the manufacturers or producers of the drugs used usually uh, in executions have refused to either sell them to the prisons, the prison, you know, organisations or authorities. They've also refused to conduct the experiments. And so you think, well, why in this modern age is it so difficult to, you know, apply this stuff or, or you know, administer this stuff? And it's because so many of the experts, medical, pharmaceutical, they don't want to get, get involved. They don't agree with it. And so you do have 
stories. I was reading stories of executioners who were jabbing away at people, making an absolute mess of it. And I think in a couple of states, maybe Montana, they, they're, they're reintroducing the idea of the uh, firing line because it feels it might be the only way to guarantee it. And of course, there's no struggling getting guns, is there in America? Um, so yeah, it's just kind of like, Nadia said last night, God, this must be really stressful and distressing for the executioner. And you sort of think, what makes an executioner? I'd be fascinated, it'd be fascinating, wouldn't it? There was that film with Timothy Spall about the, the last man who hung the last woman uh, in Britain. Um, I forget what her name was. But uh, imagine being an executioner. I mean, all over the world, there are people whose jobs it is to dispatch with people. You know, sanctioned by the state. I mean, obviously, there's people killing people all the time. So, yeah, first death by nitrogen. Nitrogen gas. Uh, I think it took three minutes. Three minutes. So that brings us to quiz of the week. Let's do quiz of the week, guys. We're there. Um, we're there. We're good to go. And I've got a good feeling about this one, guys. I've got a feeling you're going to go into the weekend feeling like Ruth Ellis. Thank you so much. Played by... Miranda Richardson, I seem to remember, was she not? In Dance with a Stranger? Was it Dance with a Stranger? Was that the film? Great film. I love Miranda Richardson. She's lovely. Um, okay, let me just pull up. Get all your pens and pencils ready. Pens and pencils. Get your pencil sharpener out. Pencil sharpener. Isn't that a euphemism for something? Get your pencil sharpener out. No, just save. Oh, do that. Yeah, sorry. Just going to do this. Then I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do this. So whilst you're all getting your stuff together, if you don't want to do the quiz, head off, have a lovely day. Lots of content will be landing on the channel as per normal. Uh, there's a home time landing tonight, so that'll be fun and stupid. Uh, Nanny Dai will demonstrate how she completely has con contradicted herself when it comes to her judgment of a film. <laughs> mum, <laughs> you are funny, mum. You do make me chuckle. You do make me chuckle, Ma. Do love you. Do love you. Um, Julie, Mark, the choir I joined online is the Sofa Singers. Are they, are they searchable? Fantastic. Thank you, Gemma Perry, for compliments about my jumper. Very kind of you. Okay, here we go. Let's have a look. So, quiz of the week. Question one. So, singer-songwriter Ray received seven Brit Award nominations, a new record for one artist uh, in a single year. The previous best was six, held jointly by Robbie Williams, The Gorillas, and who? A, Craig David. B, Ed Sheeran, or C, take that. I know Michelle Stagg, quite something, isn't it? So singer-songwriter Ray has received seven Brit Award nominations. New record for one artist in a single year. The previous record was six, held by, jointly by Robbie Williams, The Gorillas, or Gorillas, and A, Craig David, B, Ed Sheeran, or C, take that. I'm looking at your answers flying up, team, and I can say one thing to all of you. Laura Lou is the only one who said the right answer. Craig David. Kid you not, it's Craig David back in 2001. Wow. There you go. I was as staggered as everyone else. Tracy Ford and Paula O'Brien, well done, you got it. Question two, the UK was battered by high winds and rain from Storm Jocelyn, just days after Storm Isha, 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 uh, had left at least two people dead. Jocelyn is the 10th named storm of the season. But in whose honour was it called that? So who was Storm Jocelyn named after? Was it A, an astrophysicist, B, a civil servant, or C, a meteorologist? Such a great word, isn't it? 
a meteorologist. Meteorite. Who was uh, Storm Jocelyn named after? A, an astrophysicist, I can't say that though. Uh, B, a civil servant, or C, a meteorologist. I'm just looking forward to seeing you all. Yeah, just type the, type the letter. Meteor what's it, says Rachel Mason. That's a nice way of putting it. I like that, meteor what's it. Imagine that, what's it, flying through space. And when it impacted, it wouldn't hurt because it would be all soggy. Question three. Oh, oh what did, did I say what it was? Uh, it was meteorologist, sorry. A. Um, question three. A US scientist, oh, this was funny, caused a stir by suggesting people add a pinch of salt to their cup of tea to make it less bitter. But which of these other suggestions did the same person not recommend? A, adding lemon juice, B, microwaving the water, or C, heating your milk. Which of those did the mad person who said, add salt to your cup of tea, which of those did he not also say, Was or she did not say? A, add lemon juice, B, microwave the water, or C, heat your milk. Just thought that was Tim Tim. How are we doing? It's B. He didn't say microwave the water, so add lemon juice. Good. Heat your milk. Good. Question four. Prized possessions belonging to the first female Speaker of the House of Commons, Dame Betty Boothroyd, raised more than £80,000 for charity at auction. Among the items sold were a DVD box set of which cult murder mystery TV show. Now, this speaks to keep your DVDs, guys. They may be worth something one day. So what, were the, what was the DVD box set collection uh, that, she, that Betty Boothroyd had? Uh, was it A, of Columbo, B, Diagnosis Murder, or C, Murder She Wrote? Among the items sold were a DVD box set of which cult murder mystery TV show? A, Columbo, B, Diagnosis Murder, or C, Murder She Wrote? Paula O'Brien is saying A, May Edmondson is saying A, Columbo. Faith Goodman is saying Columbo. Fifi Cromack is saying Columbo. Why do I keep saying what people are saying when they say Columbo? It's A, Columbo. <laughs> Columbo. My God. Oh no, it doesn't say how much they went for. Uh, question, is this question five? Hollywood's award season prepared for its big finale as the Oscar nominees were announced with Oppenheimer leading the field. But the worst contributions to cinema will be marked by the Golden Raspberry Awards, or the Razzies. Which Oscar-winning actress received a Razzie nomination for her underwhelming performance this year? Was it A, Diane Keaton, B, Dame Helen Mirren, or C, Salma Hayek? Which of those three actresses uh, received a Razzie nomination for her un most underwhelming performance of the year? A, Diane Keaton, B, Dame Helen Mirren, or C, Salma Hayek. Muktadir Ali says A, Diane Keaton, Julie Hilton, Ellery Jones. Siobhan Jordan and Paula O'Brien are all saying Salma Hayek. Gemma Perry, Dame Helen, Danica X, Dame Helen, May Edmondson, not Helen Mirren. So very clear, definitive defense of our Dame there. May Edmondson, the queen. Faith Goodman says C, Salma Hayek. It's Dame Helen Mirren for her role in Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Was that last year? I thought that was a year before. Wow, Dame Helen Mirren, Razzie. 
Question six, the doomsday clock, which shows how symbolically close the world is to nuclear Armageddon, remained at 90 seconds to midnight. The closest it has ever been to doomsday, but at least it didn't get any closer. No one's looking at this as a positive spin. It didn't get any closer though. What was the first time that the clock was set at when it was invented in 1947? Set by, I believe, Robert J. Oppenheimer. Was it A, five minutes to midnight, B, seven minutes to midnight, or C, 17 minutes to midnight? And how arbitrary. I mean, have we also, when they set the doomsday clock, is the doomsday clock a 24-hour clock or are they only dealing with the hour to midnight? So is it only between 11 p.m. and midnight? Or are we looking at things on a scale of from 0001 a.m. all the way through? Because that means we've moved through 23 hours. That's a lot. That's scarier, I think. But if it's just the hour, I'm not so scared. Well, I am, but I'm not so scared. Anyway, the answer to this, I think, would make a great film. I'm sure it has been, but it should be the title of a film or certainly the title of a book. It's the 11th hour, MeTube, so it's not a 24-hour clock. Thanks for, thanks for that. The 11th hour. <gasps> so lots of you are saying, mm, oh, it's split all over the place, really. Well, the answer is seven minutes to midnight. Can someone tell me if there's been a film or anything made with that title? It's a great title, isn't it? Seven minutes to midnight. That was the time it was set at in 1947 by J. Robert Oppenheimer and fellow US scientists who developed the atomic bomb. So it's kind of, it's a bit of a tilted game that though, isn't it? So it's like, I'll create the nuclear bomb and then I'll set the clock. Why don't we set the, why didn't Oppenheimer set the clock before? So we knew what the time was before the atomic bomb and then we could have known exactly the amount of damage to the, to the 11th hour that the atomic bomb did. So that's B, seven minutes to midnight. Does annoy me these kind of things. You know, these are the kind of killer questions that most people should be asking. That's what I want to get Robert, Robert J. Oppenheimer. Why didn't you create the Doomsday Clock before that? Um, me too, but only know that because of DC comic book The Watchmen. Fantastic. I couldn't get on board with the film of Watchmen. But my kids, my eldest, she loved she loved the comic books, graphic novels. Final question. How's everyone doing? Anyone on six? It's a good week to be on six, but I saw that a lot of you fell at the first. I don't know why I'm sounding so smug, so did I. Who'd have thought that the tenor and feel of our weekend would be dictated by a question in which we failed to acknowledge Craig David? Huh? Could be bad by Sunday. Could be, could be making love by Tuesday. Could be doing the quiz by Friday. And then we'll be making love again on Wednesday. Okay, Ellery Jones has got zero. Oh, Nick's only one today, can tell I'm poorly. April Hill, one. Oh, sending you love, Nick's. Two, crap, says Hillary Daly. Faith Goodman, two. Oh, Faith. Okay, Donald Trump, final question. Donald Trump drew criticism uh, from former Smiths guitarist Johnny Marr when one of the band's tracks was played during Trump's victory rally after he won the New Hampshire Republican primary. But which track by the Smiths did Trump use? Was it A, back to the old house? B, please, please, please let me get what I want? or see this charming man. Back to the old house. Or was it, please, 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 let me get what I want. Or was it this charming man, Ron de Sanctimonious, is no more. Which one of those is it? A, B or C? Grace Ann Martin saying, see this charming man. Jubi saying, B, please, 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 let me get what I want. Think about which of those he was most likely to say. Please, 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 let me get what I want, which is a wall, and is a nice car, and I just want to go home to the White House and just go to bed. Uh, it's B. Please, 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 let me get what I want. 
I know you have quiz of the week, guys. <laughs> How did you do? Ashley Gardner, all three, no doubt. Oh, Ashley, smart, smart, smart. You're a smart man, Ashley. You're a smart man. You can be part of my team. You're a good man. Goodly, goodly. You're a goodly man with a goodly heart. Okay, guys, let's have a look. Uh, what's the highest score there? Three out of seven feet for Cromac. Four, Margaret O'Brien, not bad. Um, uh, anyone else get more April? Oh, it's not looking good, is it? Blame the full moon, Steph. Good idea. Okay, guys, have a lovely day. As I say, there's a home time landing at 6.30 tonight. Um, a review will be landing at some point too of the new uh, Paul Mescal, Andrew Scott film, and Claire Foy. She's brilliant in it too. Uh, Danica got four. Uh, Gemma Perry got three. Sonia Donovan got four. Have a lovely day. Stay safe and enjoy your Friday.